He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high. everyone welcome to victory christian fellowship this morning we're so glad that you're here and if you're watching online we just want to say welcome to you it's a great day to be in god's house with god's people amen oh heavenly father we declare that you are good and greatly to be praised and lord we're going to enter into your presence today and we're going to celebrate your goodness and lord we just welcome you here and honor you in all things your name is above every other name and we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. We have heard the thunder, and we have seen the storm. Echoes of your kingdom come, and rumors of our home. Where one day we will. 
the peace, storms that want to be, let it break at your name. Still, we call the sea to still, the raging sea to still, every
greatly to be praised. But we need to celebrate the goodness of God. He shares his goodness with us. right here, right now, in this moment, in this place. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. Hey, I've got good, good news for you. I'm here to heal you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to touch you. I'm here to lift you. I'm here to make you progress and give you success. Hallelujah. I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if you can, you can have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. It's so great to be together this Sunday morning, the first Sunday in October. Glory to God. And we have a new confession. Our confession is about God's rest. Did you know that God wants you to be at rest? And... uh 
He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of rest. He gave us a pattern. He worked for six days and then took a day of rest. Amen? And uh, rest is important because God knew what, it, uh, what rest will do for your soul. Amen. It refreshes and blesses your soul. We want to invite you to make our confession of faith. It will be up on the screen for you, so let's make our confession. Jesus, Jesus is our Lord and Master. And we, we are, are always learning about him, his, his ways, and, and his kingdom. We willingly and faithfully come to Jesus to find rest for our souls. The Lord's yoke is easy and his burden is light. We do his will because it is our delight. His gentleness and humility give us great peace and security. We choose to dwell in the shelter of the Most High and we remain secure and at rest in the Almighty's shadow. He alone is our refuge, our fortress, our God in whom we trust. The Lord has rescued our life from death. He bountifully blesses us and is always good to us. Therefore, we rest in him. Because God's peace is with us and in us, we do not worry and we cast all our cares on him. We are confident in Christ and enter into his divine rest by faith. The Lord freely offers his rest to all of us, and we receive it because we believe it. God's rest refreshes our souls. We are God's people, and there remains a Sabbath rest for us today. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning, VCF. Whew. Okay. I'm like on fire right now. Uh, Speaking of rest from our confession, we would like to take this moment to announce that it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and we are celebrating with them, double-double, and um, so they are celebrating 20 years at VCF as pastors and 25 years together. So we would like to bless them with a restful trip. Right? They work so hard for us, and so we just want to bless them with time to be refreshed. Also, for the month of October, we have a missions project. We have a specific focus, and it is for Bishop Keegan. He has an orphanage in Kenya that is in need of repair. I know he uses that for, like, the children and for meetings, and so we want to be a blessing and help get him a new tent. So if you are interested in participating, um, you can just designate it tent. All right, this week, Tuesday, is This Generation. So that's exciting because that's our new program with the Palmyra Middle Schoolers. Right? And I love, like, their slogan or their mandate that says, it's you and it's now. So we are now waiting. We are getting into the schools, and we are helping to raise up a generation and get them the word of God. 
So that's on this Tuesday um, at 1.25 to 2.25 p.m. And if you are interested in helping, you can see Pastor Nadine. Also, so that's Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday evening is youth group. And that is from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, we are on fire in youth group as well. And we have been learning about just how, like, the presence of God operates. Because we start with worship. And the past couple weeks, we haven't even gotten to the lesson. So we are just learning how to operate and flow with Holy Spirit, which is awesome. Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing. And that's at 6.30. As we just confessed about rest, it is a great place where you get rest and refreshed in the middle of the week. And then Thursday is Bible Adventure. So that is geared for grades 3 through 5. And they come here to church for Bible Adventure, and it is awesome. If you are interested in helping with that, um, you can see Chris Frenchek. All right. And then we have our Everyday Heroes Men's Conference. We are in October. Today is October 2nd. So it is at the end of this month for those who are keeping track of time. (laughs) Our guests will be um, Pastor John George and Pastor Doug will obviously be here, too. That is Friday, October 28th, and Saturday, October 29th. You can register online or in the bookstore, and um, the price includes food, too. So you will get fed very well spiritually and physically. So we are excited about that. The theme is level up. I almost forgot that part. <laughs> All righty. I am very excited. Well, I'm always very excited. But I'm excited to share with you what I learned this week Um It was Friday, I think. We were praying as a church family, and I read the scriptures that says, like, the sound of heaven sounds like roaring waters. And I was wondering, like, why does water sound like it's roaring? Like, just a question that pops into my head. And so I decided to investigate. And it roars because when water is moving, what happens is air bubbles get into the water. And so the sound of roaring water that you hear is actually those air bubbles being popped. Right? So you see it when things, when there's obstacles in the way, with waves, with rivers, where it's one, it's moving quickly, but there's a lot of, like, churning involved because it's all those air bubbles being smashed by the water when it comes back down. And that's because water is a non-compressible liquid, which means its density doesn't change. So it's just very consistent and just, like, when it comes back around, there goes the air bubbles. Right? So that is actually the sound that you are hearing. I just think that is the coolest thing. There's more to this, and I will share it on our New Generation Air Force YouTube channel. But but I wanted to share, like, isn't that awesome? Like, water is often representative of God's word and the Holy Spirit, and you can find the roaring waters of, like, the sound of God's voice all throughout Scripture. And so all of those air bubbles that are being popped are all of, like, the negative things that are happening in life, right? Fear, religion. Um, sickness, anything, insecurities, stuff that's happening in the world, all gets popped, right? Right by Holy Spirit and by the Word of God that we continue to speak. Isn't that awesome? That's everything. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's an exciting day today. Yep. Pastor uh, Nelson and Nadine, they're going to be leading a baptism. And uh, we're grateful for uh, United Zion. 
they're going to let us uh, use their baptismal for today, and uh, we appreciate that. So it's a great day in the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, before we dismiss the kids, I just want to share something with you. You know, um, God wants you to prosper. It has always been his will. He doesn't change his mind. And uh, prosperity is not a fad. It doesn't come and go. It's always been consistent in God. And, uh, you know, to prosper means to break out, to go over, to be profitable, to have plenty. And uh, there's, this is just a few things that God says about prospering. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Do not let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. Meditate in it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Hallelujah. And have good success. How many want to prosper and have good success? Amen. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. 1 Kings 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, Observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways. Keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements, as written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper. Hallelujah. And uh, 2 Chronicles twenty twenty. He said... This is the last part of the verse. He said, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. And uh, I want to read something from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, uh, verse 20. Nehemiah 2, verse 20. Actually, we'll start with verse 19 and 20. The, Nehemiah was uh, in a building project and he was encountering opposition. There were people who didn't like the fact that he was building a wall of Jerusalem. And uh, this is what Nehemiah, how he responded to his opposition. Uh, in verse 19, it says, When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah, Tobiah the Ammonite uh, official and uh, Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked us and regarded us with contempt and said, What is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Now, here's Nehemiah's answer. You've got to get a hold of this. I answered them, the God of heaven has appointed us for his purpose and will give us success. Hallelujah. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build, but you have no portion, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Nehemiah was so convinced that God told him to do this work and that God was going to make it a success. And in the face of opposition, when the pressure of this world comes in and wants to mock you, and you got to say, God, God wants me to prosper. God wants me to succeed. Amen? Now, God wants us to prosper, but the method of prospering in God's kingdom is giving. First of all, you need to give your life to him. Amen? And when you give your life to him, then you can give your stuff to him. And when you give your stuff to him, he'll give you more stuff. Isn't that really cool? That's how God works. God will never give an instruction without a reward. Every instruction that God gives, always, there's always a reward with it. Amen? 
So if you're here today, you can give any time during the service. Uh, if you want to designate uh, to the, the tent for Bishop Keegan, you can designate tent. Hallelujah. And uh, you can give any time, even when I'm preaching. If you feel the, the urge, the Holy Spirit is telling you, give this now, go ahead and do it. Amen. And if you're watching online, our, our website is available to you, and it's very easy. A lot of people uh, use that method, and we're glad for all the ways that we can give to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you thanks and praise that your blessing flows upon the givers and their gifts, Lord. You cause their seed to be multiplied. You cause your grace to abound to them, that they have all sufficiency in all things, that they can abound to every good work in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We got some awesome kids in this place with some awesome teachers. We love our kids. Kids, have a good class. Be blessed. Amen. Well, if we went home right now, it'd still be a good day. Amen. Glory to God, but it's going to get better. We've only just begun. Hallelujah. How many has ever changed anything in your life? Every hand ought to be up because we've all experienced change on some level, in some way. Amen. Change is going to occur, right? And uh, you, you can either resist it or embrace it, but you won't stop it. Glory to God. Today I want to talk to you about the catalyst of faith activates a change. The catalyst of faith that activates a change. You know, a catalyst is something that sparks another thing. You know, if you want to start a fire, you're going to need a spark of some sort, right? And your belief and your faith in God is a catalyst that activates God's power. Glory to God. And, uh, when, when you hear God's word, something comes in you that gives you the power to change a current circumstance. Faith comes to you. When you hear God's word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. We have an unlimited supply of faith right here. You don't have to mine it. You don't have to extract it, but it's right here. I mean, you, you can read it, and faith comes to your heart. And with that faith, you can do amazing things. With the faith of God, miracles can happen. With the faith of God, you can turn situations around. With the faith of God, you can overcome every challenge, defeat every enemy, move every mountain. Can I get a witness? Amen? And God's word has to become a part of you, and it has to be real to you, and it will produce fruit. God's word is a uh, vital, valuable seed. It's the incorruptible seed, and it's designed to produce. All it needs is good ground. Amen? And uh, so we want to activate faith. And faith is really an action word. 
You know, to activate means to stimulate or initiate. And a catalyst is uh, something that uh, causes change, right? If you put a tea bag in water, you're going to experience change, right? That tea bag changes the color of the water, but you've got to put it in the water to change the water. Right? If you have a cup of hot water, it's just water, but you add some tea in it, it's no longer water, it's tea. The look has changed, the taste has changed, and the substance has changed. It has become something else because you added something to it. Amen? All right, I want you to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And, uh, of course, if, if we're going to talk about faith being a catalyst, you've got to know a little bit about faith. Amen? And... Uh, God was tweaking this message this morning. Glory to God. And uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. I'm going to read it from the King James, and then I'll read it from the Amplified, because the Amplified really expounds on it. Now faith is the substance. Did you know that if you want to change something, you've got to add a substance to it? Hallelujah. I'm not a substance abuser. I'm a substance user. My substance is the word of God. I became a Bible junkie a long time ago. Hallelujah. And I haven't kicked the habit. And I'm not about to kick the habit. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. How many has a hope for something? Hasn't happened yet. You haven't received yet, but there's a hope. Well, faith is a substance to your hope that you add to your hope. It's the evidence of things not seen. If I have a word of God, even though I can't see something, but if God says it exists, then it exists. When you uh, get a loan for a car, does the bank keep your car? What do they keep? They keep the car's proof of existence. They keep the title. Right? They hold the title to the vehicle. They don't hold the vehicle because that title proves that the vehicle exists. And that title is just as valuable as the, as the vehicle itself. Because that, 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 uh, the, the title shows ownership. Okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. If you had a bad report, you can add your faith to the report to make it into a good report. Amen? You can change a report. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are, are seen were not made of things which do appear. So God added faith to this world and it gave it form, shape, and substance. He changed the entire universe by adding his word to the situation. Amen? Now let me read this from the Amplified, and this is pretty powerful. Now faith is the assurance. It is the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. (laughs) And the evidence of things not seen, it is the the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. 
This is the Amplified. For by, verse 2, for by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. Hallelujah. You want to be approved by God? Just add your faith to it. Amen. By faith, verse 3, that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. We understand that the worlds, the universe, the ages were framed and created. Formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made of things which are visible. Amen? All right, now go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. How many know Jesus is an expert on faith? Everything Jesus did, he did by faith in God. Everything Jesus said was faith-filled words. Jesus never did anything or said anything that wasn't uh, faith-related. Everything that Jesus did, he did by faith, okay? And uh, Mark eleven twenty. well, actually, we'll just go to verse 22. This was after the, the fig tree that Jesus had cursed. How many, uh, you know, people talk to plants, right? And when you talk to plants, they seem to respond. Well, a tree responded to the words that Jesus spoke to it. And in response to what Jesus said, no man will eat fruit of you ever again, the tree shriveled up and died from the roots. And the next day, the disciples noticed this, and Jesus used this as a lesson. Verse 22, Jesus answering and said unto them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. Your faith needs to be in God. In other words, God is awesome, but when you add your faith to him, he makes his awesomeness yours. He makes his awesomeness your awesomeness. Have faith in God. Put your faith in God. Add your faith to God. Add your faith with God's faith and watch it multiply. Add your your faith with God's faith and watch things explode or things transform or change. Okay? Okay. Have faith in God. All right? Constantly. Everybody say constantly. You should never not have faith in God. Even when you don't feel good or when things aren't going the way you think they should, you should always have faith in God. God is not the author of bad things. We sang about God is good. He's not bad. He's good. Bad things do not come from God. They come from the enemy or our own foolishness. Oh, you mean I was the cause of that. It's hard to say. Now, we've all done something foolish that we wish we regretted. Amen? All right. And we saw the results of it. Okay? Have faith in God. Then he says, for verily, I say to you, who's talking? Jesus, he said, I say to you, he is assuring us. He is giving us his own personal guarantee that this will work. Can he lie? He cannot lie. Okay? Verily I say unto you, okay, he's talking, say he's talking to me. 
that whosoever shall say to this mountain, faith is not void of action. If you have faith, you will have an action that corresponds with your faith. In this case, the action is saying. The action is speaking. Jesus is is assuring us, he is personally guaranteeing us, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, right? When you think of a mountain, you think of something immovable, something overwhelming, something huge, right? But a mountain just represents problems in our life. It represents obstacles in our way of progress, okay? It could be an actual mountain or it could be a, a figurative mountain, amen? But what are you supposed to do to the mountain? Are you supposed to... Look at how how good it is, how big it is. Are you supposed to talk about how massive it is? What are you supposed to say? No, you're supposed to say, get out of my way. You're supposed to speak to it to move. Faith speaks to things. And the things that faith speaks to responds. And it has to do with faith says. Now, here's the qualification. Okay, so you're supposed to speak into the mountain. What are you supposed to say? Be removed, be cast into the sea. Okay, here's another action. Do not doubt in your heart. Uh-oh, if, you're, if what you're saying disagrees with your heart, it's not going to work. Your heart and your mouth must be in agreement. Amen? Have you ever said something that you didn't mean to say? Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, why'd you say it? Apparently, your heart and your mouth had a disagreement. Your mouth said something that your heart didn't want to say. But you said it. And once you say it, you can't get it back. Amen? But when your heart and your mouth agree, you're thinking the same thing and you're speaking the same thing. You're believing the same thing. You're speaking the same thing. Amen? Okay? So do not doubt in your hearts. But believe that those things which he says, you got to believe what you say. Shakespeare had a revelation, to thine own heart be true. Right? You know, we say a lot of things that confuse our heart. We call big things small and small things big. That confuses our heart. And if your heart is confused... Faith will not work like it should. Okay? You have to believe that what you say will come to pass and you will have whatsoever you say. Amen? So you've got to be saying, if you want the right thing, you've got to be saying the right thing. See, faith is a catalyst. It, it activates change. You've got to add faith to your situation. If you want your... Your, your body to change. If, you, if you're dealing with a sickness, you've you got to say different things about your sickness. You've got to say what God says about it versus what everybody else says or what you feel about it. Okay? He goes on to say in verse 24, and when you stand praying, or no, verse 24, therefore I say unto you, now he, Jesus, he is the author, he's the finisher of our faith. What things soever you desire... Okay, how many have some desires? Okay, you have a desire. When you pray, here's what you've got to do. This is the action. You must believe that you receive and then you'll have. The the believing you receive comes before the having. 
It's got to be real here. It's got to be real on the inside. It's got to be a revelation. It's got to be alive in you. Amen? Hallelujah. And then he says, verse 25. You can't can't say verse 23 and 24 without verse 25. He said, if you stand praying, forgive. Unforgiveness will not will hinder your faith from working properly. Any kind of unforgiveness, doesn't matter to who. If you're carrying unforgiveness, that God doesn't like that. Because why? God forgave you? Does God ever hold what you did over your head? He never brings it up again. Amen? When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. That your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, if you, re- if you refuse or reject this, then uh, your Father in heaven, then uh, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Whoa. You mean if I don't forgive a person, God's not forgiving me? Yeah, you're holding up your own for unforgiveness. You're holding up your own forgiveness. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We have to just take a moment and talk about faith before we can add it to, add it to something. Amen? How many has ever used Elka-Seltzer before? Right? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Right? Well, Elka-Seltzer is a catalyst. When you put it in water effervescence happens bubbles and you know things are popping it's like how many's ever eaten rice krispies when you put them in milk they talk to you they go snap crackle and pop don't they the rice go you know you hear it snap crackle and pop yeah okay second peter chapter one and verse 4. Well, no, we better back up. Let's go back up to verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, 1. Simon Peter, okay, he wrote this book, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He had a relationship with Jesus. He had interaction with Jesus. He had communication with Jesus. He was an eyewitness of what Jesus said and what Jesus did. He's writing with some uh, experience, not just, he's also writing by the Holy Spirit, okay? To them that have obtained like precious faith with us. How many has obtained like precious faith? Amen. How did you obtain it? You put, you believe God, you put your faith in God and you obtain like precious faith. Amen. People obtain faith the same way all over the world. There's not a different way to get faith. Faith only comes by the hearing of the word of God. Okay? Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Say, I'm an obtainer. Say, I received faith. So you received the same faith that created the world's. You received the same faith that raised Lazarus from the dead. You received the same faith that Elijah called fire down from heaven for. 
You receive the same faith that Jesus walked on water with. Come on, we got the same faith. It's not a different faith. It's the same faith. It's the same substance. It comes from God. Okay? So grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. How many know if you want, great, if you want to make progress, you've got to increase your knowledge? You can't limit your knowledge and expect to grow in God. You've got to constantly increase your knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Revelation knowledge. Heavenly knowledge. Amen? Divine knowledge. It's all right here. This is the encyclopedia of heaven. This is the encyclopedia of the kingdom of God. This is the encyclopedia of how you can be just like Jesus. Amen? This is our our Jesus manual. God wrote a manual for us to be like him. Okay? All right? Verse 3, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The the word of God gives you everything for every area of life. Okay? It gives you everything you need for your spiritual life, everything you need for your natural life. Okay? Through the knowledge of him, there's that knowledge again, knowledge of him, who has called us to glory and virtue. Did you know that you were called to glory? And you were called to virtue, moral excellence. Okay, now, here is where it gets interesting. All right, verse 4, where are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. What have been given to us? Exceeding great and precious promises. The promises of God are the things that he says he's going to do, he's going to give, and he's going to equip you with. Okay? These are very important Precious promises. These are exceeding great promises. You've got to value the promise. Why? You've got to know who's making the promise. When you know it's God who's making the promise, the promise becomes very valuable. All right? Abraham had a son because of a promise. Israel became a nation once again in 1948 because of a promise. Abraham, uh, Israel inherited the Canaan land because of a promise. Promises are powerful. Okay? And, and through these promises, you become a partaker of the divine nature. You share in the divine nature. God will share his divine nature with you. That's going to be important here in a minute. All right? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Whew. You, when you get a new nature, you, you live above the corruption. You live above the smog. You're living on a higher plane. Okay? Now, this, okay, this is where it gets interesting. Verse 5. I saw something here that I never saw before. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where does faith come from? It comes from God. It comes from God's word. How can we add something to something that comes from God to make it better? Have you ever thought about that? Notice he said, giving all diligence with all your effort, all your energy. Notice what it says, add to your faith. 
Add to your faith. Okay. What should I add to my faith? Well, I love the Bible. It doesn't leave you wondering. He tells us exactly what to add to our faith. Okay? I'm not going to go into a great description of these things. First of all, you've got to add to your faith virtue, moral excellence. Then you've got to add to your faith knowledge. You've got to add to your faith self-control or temperance. You've got to add to your faith patience. Okay? You've got to add to your faith godliness. You've got to add to your faith brotherly kindness, and you've got to add to your faith love. And notice what he says, for if these things be in you and abound. Okay? Not only do they have to be in you, but they have to be in, in you in an increasing measure. They will make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what do we add to our faith? We add to our faith action. We add to our faith. Adding to our faith is actually applying the word to our life. We're not really adding anything to it, but we're doing something with it. Okay? Add to your faith is applying, implementing, and displaying God's word in your life. Moral excellence, brotherly kindness, love, patience. Can you show patience? Can you show brotherly kindness? Can you show love? How do you show knowledge? You be a student. What's a disciple? A student. Did you know that the apostles were first, were first called disciples before they were apostles? They were learners. They were students. Why? They committed to studying Jesus. When, when Peter and John uh, healed the, the man at the gate, beautiful, in Acts chapter 3, and there was a big uproar, right? The Pharisees said, these are unlearned and ignorant men, but we, we know that they've been with Jesus. They spent their time studying Jesus. So when we add to our faith, we are adding the action of doing what the word says. We are, this is what we can add to our faith. We can add the application. See, some people fail in the application. They fail to do what God said. They fail to carry out his instruction. They fail to display his characteristic. We fail in the application. We have the knowledge of faith. We, we know who God is. We know what the word says, but we're not applying it correctly. Okay? So adding to your faith is applying, implementing, and displaying God's word in your life. God's word was meant to be shown. It was not designed to stay behind a curtain. Even Jesus said, don't put your light under a bushel. You were meant to shine. You were meant to be on display. People need to see Jesus in you. They need to see that Jesus is real. They need to hear that Jesus is real. And the, the, the only way that they can do that is if you act it out, if you're speaking it out, if you display it. So adding to our faith is the application. I never saw that before until last night. Adding to your faith is applying his promises. Hear, receive, believe, embrace, and practice. Hallelujah. You know, doctors haven't perfected their method because they're still practicing. 
Lawyers, same way. They're still practicing. Well, I practice law. Right? Or you go to a medical facility, a family practice. Well, aren't you glad that they have some skill to practice? Right? They're not just practicing because they don't know, but they went to school. They studied the subject. They studied the area. And now they're applying what they know. They're applying what they learned. That's what Christians need to do. We need to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Amen? Okay? So adding to your faith is applying his promises. You hear him, you receive him, you believe him, you embrace him, and you practice him. Okay? Adding to your faith is contributing reverence and obedience to God's word. Reverence is honor. How many know if you want to add to your faith, you honor God's word? What is the best way to honor God's word? Do what it said. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Isn't that right? He was very clear about how we demonstrate our love for him by doing what he said. Okay? So adding to your faith is contributing reverence and obedience to God's word. You honor it. Okay? Adding to your faith is believing what he promised, acting on what he said, and doing what he instructed. Every word from God is an opportunity to act it out in your life. Aren't you glad that God gave us a script to live by? But we're not play actors, we're real. This is real. This works in real life. Jesus, what kind of life did he live for 33 and a half years? Perfect. Sinless. That's how we were supposed to live. That's how God originally created mankind. He didn't create sin. But man sinned. He disobeyed God. But we were supposed to live like Jesus lives. We're supposed to do that right now. And we can because of what he did. We can be just like Jesus. We can say no to sin. Amen? Amen. Did Joseph say no to being tempted by a woman? He did. He resisted it. Did the three Hebrew children refuse to compromise and bow to an idol? Yes, they did. But they went against the law. But there was a higher law than man's law. It was called God's law. You don't bow to an idol. They refused to bow But did they suffer consequences? Well, they were thrown into the fire, but the the consequences were they were ineffective because they didn't compromise. They carried out. They put on display righteousness. Okay, so let me say this again: (laughs) adding to your faith is believing what he promised. It's acting on what he said. And doing what he instructed. How many times did Jesus tell someone who was sick to do something? Stretch forth your hand. Pick up your mat and walk. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. How many times did people get healed as a result of a command? Many times in the Gospels. Amen? So what did they, what did the sick people do? They just did what Jesus said. The the man who was lame for 38 years, pick up your mat and walk. Okay. Whoa, I'm walking after 38 years. How simple was that healing? He didn't even have to go to healing school. Amen. So when you 
this word add is the word uh, epixoregeo. It's all Greek to me. I only know gyro and Slovaka. It means a rich supply, everything needed for an ancient chorus to be a grand production. So when you're adding to your faith, you are making it a grand production. That's what the word means. Let me read that again. That's powerful. This word to add to your faith, the word add means to richly supply everything needed for an ancient chorus to be a grand production. It means a lavishly supply. It means something that's suitable to outfit all that is needed. Now, you ladies like to outfit, right? You like to accessorize, right? Matching bag, matches your purse, matches your earrings. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's awesome. I learned to accessorize from my mom, so praise the Lord. I'm, I'm celebrating that. But we got to accessorize our faith. What, what are we matching with our faith? My heart matches God's word. My heart matches God's heart. My mind matches God's thoughts. My mouth matches God's mouth. I'm accessorizing. Ooh, don't I look good in my faith garment? Hallelujah. Look at my shoes that, that cover my beautiful feet, that proclaim the good news. Hallelujah. All right? How does the law of faith operate? God, Jesus gives us the indication. Go to John chapter 3. Oh, this is exciting. My goodness. John chapter 3. How does the law of faith, you know, faith is a law. Well, I thought we did away with the law, what Jesus did. Yeah, but Jesus introduced two laws, the law of love and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 and Matthew 24. Right? The greatest commandment, all the law hangs on these two commandments. You love God and you love people. Right? That's all the law is summed up in those two commandments right there. Okay, John chapter 3, he gives us a revelation about the law of faith and how it operates. Okay? Are you ready to go up higher today? Are you ready to increase today? Okay? John chapter 3, and uh, we'll go to verse uh, 31. John 3 and verse 31. He says here, He that comes from above is above all. First of all, the thing that you need to know about the law of faith, it's above every other law. In other words, the law of faith is above natural law. That's why Jesus could speak the storms and command them to be still. Because the storm has a, 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 a natural law, but there's a higher law that supersedes the natural law. And guess what? The lower laws have to obey the higher laws. A federal law trumps a state law sometimes, right? So you have to understand the law of he that comes from above is above all. Faith is above all. All right? The law of faith, it's above every other law. Okay? Then he goes on to say, He that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. That's a natural, physical, carnal type of speech. Okay? 
he that comes from heaven is above all. All right? So he that comes from heaven is above all. All right? And uh, look at verse uh, 33. He that received his testimony, or no, verse 32. And what he has seen and heard, he that, he, that he testifies, or that he talks about. And no man receives his testimony. So the law of faith is fed by what you see and hear. You're feeding your faith today. Why? Because you're hearing God's word. You're seeing God's word in action, in demonstration. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, he said, I did not come to you with uh, eloquence of speech. He said, I, know, I, 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 I came to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, right? And he said, I didn't come to you with eloquent speech, but with demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit likes to activate God. He's a word activator. You know, did you know the Holy Spirit was an activist? He activates God's word. In other words, he makes it alive and vibrant in you. He brings it to pass. Okay? So the law of faith is fed by what you see and hear. All right? We see. We can see and hear what Jesus did in this book, can't we? How many people were changed because of what they heard? All right? Okay? And... And what he sees and hears, he testifies. The law of faith has to speak. It has to testify. The law of faith has a testimony. What do you use to prove a case in court? Isn't a testimony a valid evidence of something that occurred? A testimony is is someone sharing what they know, what they've seen, what they've heard. Right? Sometimes they have expert testimonies. A person who's an expert on a particular subject, like a forensic scientist. Right? Amen? They have a specialty. And they're testifying based on their expertise. So the law of faith has to speak. It testifies of what it's seen and heard. In other words, once it's seen and heard something in the word, it begins to say what it saw and heard in the word. I heard that Jesus said that by his stripes I'm healed. Therefore, my testimony is I am healed by his stripes. I heard it and I saw it and I'm testifying that it's mine. Amen? That's how it works. It's that simple. Okay? See, if we don't know what faith is, how can we add it to anything to make a change? Amen? Okay? Let's read on. He, verse 33, he that received his testimony, whose testimony? His testimony. What's his testimony? The word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh, right? You got to receive his testimony. What has Jesus testified about your situation? Okay. He that receives his testimony has this, has his, has set to his seal that God is true. Okay. The law of faith receives God's true testimony of how things really are. Was Lazarus dead? Yes, he really was, but Jesus added faith to it and changed the situation. He spoke to a dead man 
who had been dead for four days in a tomb wrapped in cloth. He spoke to him because why? The law of faith is higher than the law of death. And since the law of faith is higher than the law of death, uh, the law of faith can, can change death. Lazarus, come forth. Jesus was testifying to what he heard his father say. And when he spoke what his father said, when Jesus and his father were in unity, harmony, and agreement, what happened? There was power that was released. It was an active, it was a catalyst that went into that grave. It went into that dead body. The gifts of the Spirit were in operation. Healing came to that body. Restoration came to that body. Life came to that body based on what Jesus said. And guess what? You operate the same way. Most people would have stood before that tomb and said, oh, wow, that's a real nice memorial for Lazarus. Look at that tomb, how they decorated it. Those beautiful flowers that were sent. Jesus didn't talk about any of that. He was testifying to what he heard from God. He was testifying. And God set his seal that he's the life giver. Amen? So the law of faith possesses God's seal. What's God's seal? God is true, and what he said is how it is. That's the seal. When, when God seals a thing, it can't go any other way. God sealed Abraham, and he said, I've made you a father of many nations. You've been sealed. Guess what? Abraham had to become a father. Why? He was sealed by God. God promised it to him. God gave it to him. Abraham heard it. Abraham received it. Abraham embraced it. Abraham produced it. Oh, glory to God. The law of faith. Everybody say the law of faith. All right, let's just do a quick review. I'm not done yet with the list, but the law of faith is above every other law. The law of faith is fed by what you see and hear. That means you've got you to be aware of what's going into your ears and what you're looking at. All right? The law of faith speaks and testifies. It's, it's voice activated. <laughs> Woo! The law of faith is voice activated. Before there was ever an Alexa, there was a Holy Spirit. And, and you could say, Holy Spirit, play my healing. Holy Spirit, play my salvation. Oh, Holy Spirit, play my peace. And peace fills the atmosphere. Glory to God. I'm telling you, God is far advanced than any technological advance of mankind. Before there was a Siri, before there was an Alexa, there was a Jesus. There was a Holy Spirit. There was God's word. And all we got to do is add our faith to it, and then it becomes active for us. God's word is always powerful. It's all powerful. It's it's already there. It's already in the atmosphere. But our words and our embrace of it makes it active to us. Okay? All right? The law of faith receives the true testimony of how things really are. Abraham was not not a father. He was a father of many nations. He became what God said about him. All right? Faith possesses God's seal. God's seal, God is true, and what he said is how it is. Okay? Verse 34 for who, he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives him not the spirit by measure unto him. Whoo, this is powerful. The law of faith speaks God's word. 
In other words, the word of God is the language of faith. Are you a linguist? Yes, I speak faith. Amen? I speak English, I speak faith, and I speak a little bit of Spanish. Only because I had a crush on my Spanish teacher, so I took Spanish for four years. (laughs) True. I'm like, I'm taking this class again. (laughs) It's a true story. Uh, All right. Yes. So, and then, he who speaks the words of God, he gives them the Spirit without measure. Faith functions with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he is your faith energizer. He is the energizer bunny of faith. He keeps on going. Boom, 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 boom. Right? The Holy Spirit is the faith energizer bunny. Amen? So, he who speaks the words... If you want no limits with the Spirit, then become a master linguist of speaking the Word. He who speaks the words of God, God's given him the Spirit without measure. All right? So faith functions by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Verse 35. The Father loves the Son. You might say the Son is the Word. Because it is. He is. Did you know when, when Jesus, when, when God the Father said, light be, he was sending Jesus to be the light? Because Jesus is the Word. He was the Word incarnate. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and his name was Jesus. But the Word always was, always is, and always will be. The Word is eternal. The word is forever. So God loves the son. He loves the word. Why? It's his word. It's his personal guarantee that's on the line. God loves the word. And when you are in agreement with the word, his love is for you. Amen. Now, he loves you irregardless, but he really loves people embracing the word. Like he he gets up out of his seat and cheers. Right? He does. Okay, so... The Father loves the Son, right? The law of faith is loved, honored, and respected by the Father. Why? He operates by the law of faith. What what framed the worlds that we read in Hebrews 3? The Word of God. God honors faith. Without faith, can you please Him? Faith is the only thing that pleases God. So when you're operating in faith, God is pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Jesus operated by faith. You could be, you're just like Jesus. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Because you're operating by, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen? You're a son and a daughter of God. God never said he was proud, but he did say he was pleased. All right? Okay? So the law of faith is loved, honored, and respected by our Father God. All right. Verse uh, and has given all. Verse thirty-six. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. How do you get everlasting life? By being such a good person. Can you buy eternal life? No. Walmart doesn't even sell it. Amazon won't deliver it. 
But it comes from Jesus Christ. It is a free gift. It comes from heaven directly to you. God doesn't need a van to drive it. He sends it directly into your heart. The law of faith is activated by believing, trusting, and accepting in the Son, which is the Word. You want faith to be active in your life? Put your trust in the Son. Put your faith in the Son. Put your rest in the Son. Let Him hold you up. Nothing, you don't need anything else to hold you up. You don't need any other evidence other than what Jesus said. Did Abraham have a medical exam to say he was fit or not fit to be a father? Did Sarah have an exam to go and say whether she was fit or not fit to be a mother? No, she had a word from God. She had a promise from God. That's what they embraced. That was the only evidence that they had. They had no other input, no other information other than what God said. And, and they embraced what God said, and it, it came to pass. When you embrace what God says, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Amen? Just don't let go of it. Okay? Faith produces results, eternal life. He that believes has. Say, he that believes has. Say, when I believe, I have. In other words, believing is translated into having. Yeah, but I don't see it yet. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean I don't have it. How many know China is China exists? Can you see it? But it's there. Amen. Okay. It exists because why? God said it. We know the the character of God. He can't lie. Okay? The law of faith. It produces results. And uh, look at verse, the last part of, and he that believes not, notice this now, he that believes not. So believing is a choice. You don't have to believe, but if you don't, the son shall not see life. He that believes not the son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. In other words, the law of faith can be null and void by unbelief. By rejecting and disobeying God's word. And when you reject and disobey God's word, you abide under the wrath of God. God did not put you there. Your unbelief and your rejection of his word and your disobeying the instruction put you there. God gave you a way out. Your way out is to believe him. But if you don't believe him, you are under the wrath of God. You don't have to be. If you're under the wrath of God today, you don't have to be. Come on. The water is better over here. Come on in. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to end with this today did you know that uh, in order for Isaac to be born it wasn't just the faith of Abraham it also had to be the faith of Sarah we talk a lot about the faith of Abraham but did you know Sarah is in the hall of faith 
because she did something that caused her to have faith in God, which gave life and resurrection to her womb. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Through faith, also Sarah herself. Everybody say herself. Listen, if you want uh, faith to work in your family, you know, you might need to get some family members to be in agreement with what God said. That means you might have to reject some opinions and feelings of others that that don't uh, accept what God said. Why did Abraham, I mean, why did Adam lose the garden? Because he listened to the wrong voice. He listened to Sarah's voice. And he listened to the serpent's voice. He was right there, you know. He was standing there like, you know, I don't know if he was just looking at Eve or what. You know. Like, he, he had the information. Don't eat of that tree or you die. He had the authority to take care and tend that garden. But he just stood by and did nothing. He allowed it to happen. And the conversation was going on. He could have interrupted it at any any time. And Eve took of the fruit and gave it to him who was there. Read the Bible. He lost because... He listened to the wrong voice. Okay? So you've got to listen to God's voice. <laughs> listen, there were times when Dr. Fiona, when I, I didn't see eye to eye with her, she just like, okay. It didn't stop her. If, she didn't, if I didn't agree with her, she just went on until I got a clue. Amen? You can't, listen, if Abigail would have agreed with Nabal, and not to provide David with the supplies that he needed. She disagreed with her husband. Her husband said, no, who is David? Although him and his men protected his sheep often. And he, he came because he was hungry. They had been fighting and they were hungry and they needed sustenance. And he went to Nabal who had an abundance. And Nabal said, no. But Abigail, but Nabal's name means fool. See, when you listen to the wrong voice, you're a fool. But see, it doesn't matter. You've got to be able to discern God's voice if it comes from someone else and they're agreeing with God. You've got to listen to what they're saying. Yes. Amen? Yes. And uh, when, when Abigail heard about what happened, David was going to kill every man in that, in that home. All of the employees, everything. He strapped on his sword. They were ready to go. He was ticked off. Right? And Abigail comes down. And she addresses David as a king. Oh, king, don't let this blood be on your hands. Here's some bread and here's some raisin cakes and and here's some wine. And David is like, okay. And that anger that he had subsided, he didn't go and kill all the men. And Nabal died and he married Abigail. (laughs) That woman knows how to hear from God, praise the Lord. (laughs) He said, when, he, when David heard that Nabal was dead, he goes, Abigail, I'm coming your way. Can we go out today? He married her. <sighs> All right. Through faith, Sarah herself 
received strength, she got a recreated womb. Mm. To conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because this is the only reason. She considered, she judged him faithful who had promised. Why did Sarah have a resurrection? Because she judged him faithful. Some translations say consider. All right? The word consider means to lead the way. It means to go before as a chief. The first and foremost thought on her mind was not her childlessness, was not her inability to carry a child. It was the faithfulness of God. She put all of those feelings aside of, of, of the, 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 the words that were spoken to Sarah because she couldn't conceive. You know, in that day, it was, it was a reproach not to be able to bear children. Can you imagine some of the stuff that they said about her? Can you imagine some of the hurt and pain that she was going through, right? But, but God began to speak to her husband, and they went from Haran, they went from Ur, they went into Egypt, they went throughout Canaan, and they saw the faithfulness of God. They saw how God delivered them from Egypt. They saw how God protected them. They saw how God delivered them. And the forefront, the, the, the thing that was acting as a chief in her mind was the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. What was that uh, chorus that we sang today? God, God can do it. He can do it. Or what was that? I don't know what that song. It was, it was in the song we sang. God can do it. I don't know. But Sarah was singing that song. God can do it. I mean, it was, she had reached the point of impossibility. She was physically incapable of carrying a child. She was 90 years old. Come on. 90 years old. Her body could not, was not able to. Oh, but we sang about the breath today. Amen. Did you know that? Oh, God changed Abraham and Sarah's name. You know what he added? He added an H. (sighs) He added his breath. What's the breath of God? The breath of God is life. When he created man from the dust, he breathed in him the breath of life. In John chapter 20, when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared into the upper room. He gathered his disciples. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. God added the age to Abraham and the age to Sarah. He added his breath to their situation because they believed the promise. And their situation was completely changed. They went from dead... To living. That's the catalyst of faith that activates change. All right? Now, Sarah did not, she wasn't there to begin with. You know, some of you may say, well, I'm not there yet. Well, where are you? Start where you're at. Do you realize that when Sarah first heard that she was going to have a baby, she laughed? In Genesis 18, well, uh, yeah, we're not going to go there. But in Genesis 18, an angel, two angels appeared with God to Abraham. And he, 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 fed, he, he, he was hospitable. He, he fed them. He went and got a, a, a goat or whatever, and he fed them. He refreshed them, right? And he said, at this time next year, you're going to have a son, he, he, God already told him that his son was going to come from his own body, right? And Sarah was in the tent, and she heard what the Lord said. 
<laughs> she laughed. And God said, why did Sarah laugh? She goes, I didn't laugh. She said, yes, you did laugh. But you know what? After, after she laughed, she understood the seriousness of the promise. She didn't stay in a laughing state. That's where she was at that moment. But she didn't stay in a state of doubt and unbelief. She moved into the arena of faith. She moved in to the arena of believing God. How did she do it? She considered him faithful. She considered the faithfulness of God. To consider means what goes before. It, it means coming first in priority. Her, prior, her number one priority became to please God. To do what God said. To be, God wants me to be a mother. Okay, God, I'll be a mother. I'll embrace motherhood. Make me a mother. And a year later, boom. She, not only did she conceive a baby in her womb, she was able to carry that baby for nine months. She was able to nurse, she was able to give birth to that baby. She was able to nurse the baby. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. Life, the life of God came into her dead body and brought a resurrection and brought life so that she could give life, so that she could fulfill her purpose. She received strength. She received life from God. Hallelujah. My goodness. She considered the reliability and the dependability and the capability of God. It's the same thing that Adam, that, I mean, Abraham did in Romans 4. Abraham, Romans 4, verses 20, 21, he became fully persuaded and he, he was convinced that God was able to perform what he said. They, they, both Abraham and Sarah arrived at the same point in full agreement and full harmony of the faith of God. That was the circumstance where Isaac was conceived in and brought forth. Hallelujah. So, uh, in Genesis 17, God changed their names. He had to breathe on them. See, a new name means a new nature. You can't, you can't operate in faith with your old nature. The old man who's a dead man, he can't operate in faith. She can't operate in faith. You need to be a new creature. You need to be born again. You need to have Jesus as your Lord. You can't operate in faith. See, you have to, you have to get saved by faith. Your very first act of entering the kingdom is to get saved, and that has to be done by faith. By grace are you saved through faith. That's an act of faith. If you can get saved, you can get healed. If you can get saved and healed, you can prosper. If you can be saved and healed and prosper, you can have peace. If you, if you can be saved and healed and prosper and have peace, you can overcome. If you can be saved and be healed and have peace and prosper and overcome, you can have the victory. Hallelujah. Why? It, it, the, the faith works the same for everything that God offers. The law of faith works the same in every way. It works to get saved. It works to get healed. It works to overcome. It works to find your purpose. It works the same way. You know, there's no such thing as healing faith and 
saving faith. It's all faith. Amen? It's the faith that comes from God. You've got to make sure it's coming from the right source. Right? Here's what I wrote. You cannot do what God designed you to do, being the old you. You need to be a new you. Abram couldn't do it, but Abraham could. Sarah couldn't do it, but Sarah could. Hallelujah. What gave him the could? God gave him the could. God gave him the strength. God gave him the reason. God came in. How did God come in? They believed him. They put their faith in. And a catalyst came in. An explosion took place. And it activated something in their life. My goodness. I saw things I never saw before. And this word conceive, it means following all the way along. It means a foundation cast according to a blueprint or original design. That's what it means conceived. Sarah conceived. It means the substructure which determines the entire direction or destination of all that follows. Sarah built a foundation of faith and she got to the point where she stood on that. Just like Abraham was standing on it and together they were standing on faith. Amen. (laughs) And the moment came when she was able to conceive that seed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because this is what Barnes said. Because she judged him faithful who had promised, she had no other ground or confidence or expectation. All human probability was against the supposition that her time of life would be, she would be a mother. But how many know God's law is above every law? So the supernatural law of faith is above natural limitations. And faith will cause, when you've reached your natural limitation... You know, you've heard it said, when you've reached the end of your rope, God is there. It's true. When you've reached your limitation, when you don't know how it's going to come to pass, when you don't know how it's going to work out, when you don't know how it's going to be, there's a higher law that will tell you exactly how to do it. Amen? Glory to God. She trusted in his promise. She had a new womb and a body that could conceive, carry, deliver, and nurse a child. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're a new creature? You have been forged in faith. Hallelujah. And when you add your faith to whatever God said, power will explode. The woman with the issue of blood, she added her faith to Jesus. And what happened? Power came to her. She added something that was hers. And when she added it to his, power was released to her. And she felt in her body that she was made whole. Completely whole. The blood stopped. Amen. Did you know that some of you guys are dealing with pain? The word pain has been coming up in my spirit this past week. Some of you are dealing with some pain. I got news for you in Isaiah 53.5. Jesus said he bore my 
Sicknesses, that word sickness is actually translated pain. He bore my pain. Say, Jesus bore my pain. He took away my sickness. And by his stripes, I am healed. Not going to be, I am. He is right now. Hallelujah. So some of you that are dealing with pain, the good news is Jesus took away your pain. The good news is that his word is medicine. His word is a pain reliever. Hallelujah. God's word is medicine, the Bible says. It's medicine to all your flesh. It's better than Tylenol. It's better than Advil. It's better than ibuprofen. Amen? Nothing wrong with that stuff, but there's a higher law. There's a better law. Amen? It's the law of God. God wants to remove your pain today. He wants you to be pain-free. He bore the pain so that we wouldn't have to bear the pain. Amen? He corrected people who were in pain. When people were possessed of the devil, that's painful. That's torment. I heard a testimony yesterday on the radio, and then I'm going to close. And uh, this guy is a pastor now. I forget his name, but he said his first prayer when he was a teenager was to Satan. He wanted to give his life over to Satan. And he said when he prayed that prayer, in the next year, he tried to kill himself three times. He was unsuccessful. But the third time, he put a 22 caliber bullet into his chest through a rifle. And then, because he, he, didn't, he, he didn't believe in God, he didn't think God was real, and he heard the gospel. Oh, thank God for the good news. And, and he cried out to Jesus. He said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my life. He said, in that moment, I felt something come in. He said, the demons left, and I felt a whole lot lighter. And now he's a minister of the gospel. Maybe you're facing a situation today that needs to change. You need to add the catalyst to activate the change. Your catalyst is faith. Faith can be added to your change right now. And your change can occur right now, today. Amen? But what if I don't feel it today? You keep believing. What if I don't see it today? You keep believing. Amen? You keep that faith vibrant and flowing. You keep feeding your faith. You keep speaking your faith. You keep walking in your faith. And guess what? You're going to run into your faith. Your faith becomes a reality. But you've got to believe it with all your being. You've got to be unwilling to quit no matter what. Amen? You've got to be bold in the face of pressure. Hallelujah. So those of you that are dealing with pain today, today is your relief day. Amen? Those of you that are dealing with things that need to be removed, you can add your faith to those things today. If that's describing you, if, that's, if I'm talking about you, you need to come up today for prayer. Yes. Amen. If that's, if that's touching your heart, you need to come up for prayer today. Amen. Let's see some miracles.